Panther fans who want to keep pounding. The ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views from Street. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've talked a little offense. Let's flip to the defense. Let's talk a little bit about the other side of the football field and some of the standouts that we have seen the last couple of weeks. And now that we've had some time to really look back, I think the performance of J.C. Horn needs to be called out. And I mean that in the most complimentary type of way. Uh, As I've said on the pod a number of times, I don't go gaga over the pro football focus grades, but I do think there is at least a little bit of weight to them. How about J.C. Horn with a PFF grade of 92.6 this past weekend? Coverage assignments three times for zero yards. Alave ended up with uh, ended up with a pair of catches. Smith with one in the last two games total. J.C. Horn has given up one reception for four yards. That's it. In two games, Daniel Jones and Jameis Winston lined up opposite. He has given up one catch for four total total yards. He has graded out to an elite performance twice. He had the interception that put the Saints away at the end of that game on that dead duck from Jameis. Uh, You know, when, when... He got drafted to Carolina, and obviously this podcast did not exist yet. But when he got drafted to the Carolina Panthers, though, I think both you and I were optimistic that J.C. Horn could be something special. I think that you and I were both optimistic that J.C. Horn could be good. J.C. Horn has been, and I'm saying this both in my opinion and in the pro football focus grades, J.C. Horn has been one of the best five cornerbacks in all of football so far, and you can see the results of that because he's forcing some teams that like to get the ball to the outside. He's taking that away from them just by locking them down. The Saints love to throw the slant, the quick inside. He took that away. Daniel Jones and the Giants were looking for the vertical threats. He took that away. J.C. Horn is playing after his knee injury last year, some of the best defensive back that we have seen out of any Panther in a very long time. Yeah, I have a rooting interest in J.C. Horn because of the college he played for. So I was really excited when the Panthers got him. We were excited last year on the show about what the the defensive backfield was going to look like. Then he got hurt. I think people forget this is basically his rookie season, really, because he hasn't played a full season in the NFL yet. So, I mean, this is a guy still learning the NFL game and is looking really good. So the future for him is so bright. It's so cool that he's been able to do so well. Trying to think, you know, we had Revis Island. You can't go uh, Horn Island. That doesn't sound right. I guess J.C. Island, if you have to put an island to his name, I guess we got to go with (laughs) J.C. Island. Uh, But, yeah, man, he's playing really, really well for uh, a kid who hasn't even completed a full season yet. I will also go one step further uh, and and, in the nickname department. I saw this nickname earlier today because J.C. Horn, 
as much of a ball hawk as he is, he's not afraid to put his helmet on a player and get some contact as well. I saw him called on Reddit earlier, Lonzo. Dig this nickname. See if it'll stick with you. Jay Seahorn. Remember Jason Seahorn from back in the day? Jason Seahorn was one of my favorite players of all time. Jason Seahorn was an absolute machine, both in coverage, but he absolutely loved to pop you for the New York Giants back in the day. Um, I don't hate the nickname J.C. Horn because he does have a bit of that Jason Seahorn dog in him. Yeah, the thing about Seahorn, he didn't look the part. You look at him and thought, man, that dude's going to be slow. That guy can't hit, and he brought it every every single play. So that's not that's not a horrible nickname to have. No, it's a great. In my opinion, it is an outstanding nickname, and it is the nickname upon which I will bestow J.C. Horn. For the rest of the year, 6-1-200, not the most intimidating, imposing guy out there on the floor, but dude has been exceptional so far this year. Ends up with 10 tackles so far through the first three games of the season. He's got the one pick against New Orleans and has given up zero long balls. Not a one, not a one. And, and by the way, that's against three teams in Cleveland, New York, and New Orleans all of whom were looking deep in the game for that big vertical play to try to break that thing open. He did not allow it. J.C. Horn has been exceptional on the defensive side of the football, and I think he absolutely deserves to get a little bit of a fist bump for that. You mentioned another cat, Zoe, that I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, and that's Frankie Louvu playing that strong side linebacker position, 6'3", 235 out of Washington State. That dude has been exceptional as well. Came up with five tackles and a sack, and I think one pass defended against New Orleans. But more importantly, late in that game, especially after that touchdown drive that the Saints put together where Mark Ingram was able to find the end zone, Frankie Louvu started filling holes. I mean, go back and watch that game. And watch every time New Orleans tried to set up a run, he was shredding the Saints offensive line. Frankie Lubo is a dude who needs some type of trophy for the performance he's putting together right now. Yeah, you know what? He was all right last year, and but he was coming on near the end of the year. This year, dude is getting better every single game to the point where they have to mention his name on the broadcast because that's the kind of stuff he's doing on defense. and. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you think of Luke Keekley, you think of Thomas Davis, you think of some of the better linebackers that the Panthers have had, and you hope this guy is able to uh, to come somewhere near that, and he might be on the road to getting there. What's interesting is that in the way that, that Frankie has stepped up, I think it's also kind of taken the pressure off of Shaq Thompson a little bit, right? Shaq Thompson, we thought, was kind of going to be the heart and soul of of this linebacking core this year. And he's really freed Shaq Thompson up to kind of be more of a gap guy, a guy who's able to play the way he wants to play by looking at where the plugged holes are going to force running backs to step out and make things happen. And in doing so, Shaq Thompson has been able to be a little bit more mobile, to play a little bit more horizontal when you've got teams, primarily Cleveland and New Orleans, that were trying to get the ball off tackle and around the outside. 
uh, you know, one of the things that you'll you'll see when you watch enough football is that even if a guy is not involved in the defensive play at all, sometimes he can cause the defensive play. And the way that Frankie was opening things up by decimating the point of attack, forcing uh, running backs, forcing wide receivers to go in other directions, it basically set them on a crash course for a guy like Shaq Thompson. I, I, you can't you can't underappreciate that enough. I, you know, to to have a guy whose impact on the game, especially at the line of scrimmage, opens the floor up for other defenders to have a little bit more, more a little bit more mobility, a little more range within their game. I mean, that's infinitely valuable, and that's what that kid's done all season long so far. Yeah, and he has a high motor, and chances are if there's a tackle on the field, he's there somewhere, which is, again, one of the things with, with Thomas Davis and with Luke Keekley, they were in on almost every single tackle, and Luvu seems to be uh, doing that now, and uh, that's just awesome, having a guy that's running around and doing all the things he needs to do and progressively getting better. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, it's 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 something else, man. It's something uh, to be impressed by. Uh, there, there obviously are some things statistically that I wanted to bring up. As of right now, Carolina, through three games, is getting outpaced by opposing offenses. And and I'm 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 going to come to a point with the stats. So don't panic just yet. I'm going to come to a to a to a point with the stats. Carolina is getting outpaced in first downs. They are getting outpaced in third downs. They are getting outpaced in fourth down conversions. They have been outpaced in total offensive yards. They are being outpaced uh, on number of plays and average yards per play so far. They have been outpaced in total rushing yards. They have been outpaced uh, in total passing yards so far. They have been outpaced in completions. The only spots they have not been outpaced are number of sacks. Carolina's got more sacks than they've given away. Number of field goals. They've ragged more field goals than the bad guys. And number of touchdowns where they are level so far. The point that I'm making is this. The statistics where only the defense is involved, we are winning every one of them. It's the statistics where the offense is involved that we are losing ourselves right now. And for the record, though, that says more about the quality or lack thereof of the offensive production than the defense because all of those numbers that I gave you, most of them are below the NFL average in terms of number of yards, catches, et cetera, sur- et cetera, surrendered. Most of those are below NFL average, yet we are getting paced in every statistical category where the offense is involved, every statistical category where the defense is involved as a team statistic. We are outpacing our opponents, Cleveland, New York, and New Orleans. That says to me the defense is doing a hell of a job, and it's time for the offense to catch up. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, all three games, the defense has kept – the Panthers in the game. The first game, they lost by three. The second game, they lost by three. This last game against the Saints, the Panthers won. And you could say that the corner was turned by the defense uh, scoring a touchdown on a, on a forced fumble. So, I mean, that the first touchdown for the Panthers in his last game was from the defense. So, 
from a defensive standpoint, you got to look at it. Okay, if we need to score one touchdown per game, and that's what it takes for us to win, then that's what we're going to do. And I'm sure that's what they're going to try to do.